Amen. And again, welcome to Communitas Church. We are a church that exists to love God and to love people uh, in the Brainerd Lakes area and beyond. My name is Mike. I'm the pastor here. And we have worshipped through gathering. That's part of our uh, kind of our Sunday rhythm is, is we worship the Lord by gathering together. Uh, we've worshipped the Lord through the tithes and the offerings, the giving of, of uh, what God has entrusted us to steward well. We've worshipped through song. And this is the part of our service where we worship uh, through communion. And communion was, uh, it's, it's a, a, a meal that we do not because it has any sort of um, intrinsic magical power, but because there's, there's something metaphoric and something beautiful about sharing a meal with one another, isn't there? Like later on today, uh, Nick's going to cover some more of the logistics, but it's potluck Sunday, right? So we're going to get together and we're going to share a meal with one another. And there's something about gathering together and eating with one another that seems to demonstrate and be reflective of of life and, and kind of a fullness and a wholeness of life that we've been called to live in in Christ. And this meal is we do this sort of, uh, we model it after the last meal that Jesus had with his friends before he was given up to, uh, to be crucified. And what happens is he, he, he calls his friends together and they, and they have this meal. And then he, and he said, and it's, it's, it's this metaphor of, of how we're to live life. Um, there's something about the pace. There's something about, you know, the sharing and the giving and the being with one another. And we're going to get into more of that late, uh, in a little bit as we read through it. But for the time being, I just want us to reflect on the words that we've sung, um, this notion that we're together, who Jesus is, who he's called us to be. Um, and we're going to take a few moments in silence. And what, the way that we do communion here is we've got some elements uh, to your left, to your right, and then here at the front. And we're going to take a few moments and we're just going to be in silence together. And take that time to, to listen to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Uh, you may hear kids wiggling around and uh, you know, people clearing their throats and whatever else. It's just that time of the year and, and that's okay. That's all right. Kids wiggle, people make noise. It happens. But we're going to take some time in silence together. Uh, for some people, you know, singing together is, is really fun, but then there's also something that's helpful about time of silence. And so we're going to spend some, t- um, some time in silence. And I want us to just think about, as I said, who, who is Jesus in your life? What is the Holy Spirit doing within you when you see the words that, um, and the way that God has ordained life? How are you doing with that? And so take a few moments, reflect, and as you are ready, we're in no hurry, there's no time to agenda on this, take your time, come forward, grab one of the small cups of juice and one of the crackers, bring it back to your seat, and then we're going to go through a reading, and then we'll all take it together as one group. So moment of reflection, take your time, however many moments that is, uh, if you are, uh, and, and we practice open communion here, so it's if you are a Christian, you are welcome to partake of this meal with us. So Lord, thank you that you have opened and invited us to your table. Lord, I pray that we would be hearers 
of what you have to say, acknowledgers of your truth. And Lord, speak to us in this time as we listen to you. at his last meal with his friends, gathered in a rented space. Jesus took the bread and he said, this is my body. It's for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
as was customary with the meal. Later on, there was a time to, uh, to present the wine, to the cup. And he took that cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this and as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay, if you are little, this is the time of our service where uh, we've got some folks, namely today Scott and Jewel and Sue and Naomi, who have a fantastic lesson planned for you. And uh, so feel free to make your way out that door. If you have kids that are staying in the service and, and uh, at any point in time you feel like they are a little bit loud or a little bit squirrely, we do have a family lounge located directly behind this wall uh, where we stream the entire service in there. So if you ever need to go in to, uh, to take a break, feel free to do that. You can just slip out uh, through that door. I know it's a little bit weird, but it isn't distracting to me, so don't worry about it. Uh, for the rest of us, we are in the book of Ecclesi- uh, actually, yeah. So let's pray. For, join with me as we pray for these kids and those those teachers. Lord, thank you for the folks that volunteer their time to be with your children. Lord, thank you for Scott and Jewel and Sue and Naomi and Nicole and all those that are involved with the teaching and the discipling of of our kids. It's not a duty to be taken lightly. Um, we thank you for, for their time. We pray for those kids that they would learn uh, about who you are and how to live. Uh, that they would come to walk alongside you. Amen. So uh, we have been in an... Uh, we've, we've, for the last few weeks, we've been working through the book of Ecclesiastes. We went uh, chapters 1 through 6 toward the end of the summer. We took a little bit of a break for about five weeks, and we talked about the various whys of our service. Why do we, you know, why do we do communion the way that we do? Why do we preach? Why do we sing? Why do we gather? Why do we give? And now we're back into uh, starting with Ecclesiastes six. Uh, we're we're finishing out the rest of Ecclesiastes, and so today we are in Ecclesiastes chapter nine. If you'd like to turn there with me, it's an Old Testament book, and if you're to to kind of if you have a paper Bible, it's kind of right there in the middle. Um, and if you have a mobile device, feel free to take that out and uh, swipe, select, or do whatever you need to do to find the Bible there. If those options are not preferable to you, the words will be displayed on the screens behind me. So what we'll do today is, is we're going to read the whole thing, uh, as, we, as we often do. We'll just read that together. And then I'm going to come back, and then we're just going to go through a couple different chunks. I want to just kind of reread and highlight a few things, and, uh, and then we'll kind of see how that all ties together toward the end. Uh, and the reason that we, that we read the whole thing is just to kind of come up with an idea. This is a conversation that, that Solomon is having with some people, and uh, it would be kind of weird to just read and then talk and read and talk. And there's something about being able to hear and see the entirety of, of something. So, you know, if you ever, if you watch a highlight reel, you know, Joel is probably going to go and watch highlight reels of, of baseball, but it's different than watching the entire season, right? He talked about his, this 
angst that he's feeling now that the baseball season is over. And, uh, you know, there's something about a season and about seeing something in its entirety. And so when you read through an entire chapter of, of Scripture, it helps us see the broader story that's going on. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the evil, to the clean and to the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As it is good, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, but the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after they go out to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread in joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments always be white, and not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that has he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life, and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Again, I saw, under the, under, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know that his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with a few men in it, and there was a great king that came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise, heard in quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you that they have been preserved and that we have been able to read them freely and that we are able to talk about them openly. And Lord, I pray that these words would continue to work and form and shape our lives. Amen. So, 
Uh, if you haven't been with us, um, and just a kind of a general review if you have, we've been working through this book of Ecclesiastes. And in the first part, he's talking about the vanity of work. Okay, and he's talking, you know, and there's this, and we, we even heard the word today, this notion of, of vanity. And, some, and sometimes it sounds a little bit depressing, right? It's like, oh, Solomon, you're kind of a downer. You're just telling us, oh, yeah, you're, you know, your life is, you know, doesn't really mean anything. Uh, but, you know, we also talked about how this, this interpretation is, um, it's more, it conjures up a word in, in English that's more akin to this picture of smoke, right? Like, it's there, like the flame was, and then it, it's gone, and, and by the end of the sermon, this will be cool and no smoke and, and whatever. And, so he's, and he's trying to get us to, not to say, oh, not to be a downer, but to actually kind of wake us up to, hey, look, there's, there's more to life than, than, what, than what we see. There's more, there's more to life than what's just going on here now, but there's something beyond the sun. And we, we, you should be working toward that, and with your wisdom, you should be pursuing that. And, and not just for our, our own gain, that should shape and mold us and transform us and, and, and we should be bringing what's beyond the sun here before us and sharing that with those around us. And so he's, he's you know, you can, so imagine that, you know, Solomon is, he's built this, he's got this huge house, you know, he's, he's invited us into this conversation we've been going through for the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about, about mystery and uh, you know the, this tension that we walk in, uh, and then today he says, "Hey, uh, you know, we're in, in, or in this afternoon's conversation, you know, we're, we're all sitting around in in the big room, and Solomon's there, and he said, hey, uh, there's this, there's a lot of things that are uncertain in this life, and there are a lot of mysteries, and we, there are things that we're not going to entirely understand. Um, so, but th- there is there is one certainty." Right, he says, "There's there's one event that's going to happen to everybody, it's like, you know, and we all know what that event is. Nobody's, you know, everyone's staring. Do you need the answer? Okay, you know, we're all like, at some point in time, we're all going to die. Some of us sooner than others, and and so often in in our in our world, that can be a scary thought." Ooh. We'll talk about death, like, come on, man, like, we, what? And Solomon doesn't say that to scare us and to say, hey, look, this is going to happen and, and kind of guilt us into, into transformation. He's saying, hey, no, like, wake up. Are you breathing? Like, then you have hope. Then you are alive. Be alive. If you're able to, to move and it, like you say, hey, look, your, your body is, is alive. You're on top of the soil. Live in such a way that your soul reflects that. There was a, this older couple that I got to spend a lot of time with growing up and, um, and the, the husband uh, was just not afraid of death. And not in a reckless way, just in a way that he acknowledged that at some point in time, he's like, you know, I'm going to die. Might be tomorrow. Might be 50 years from now. Not really sure. But I'm not going to get really hung up on it. And so as a result, like the way that he interacted with people and lived his life was, I mean, it was, it was full. Like he, you know, he was, he was pleasant to be around. He wasn't anxious about things. I mean, when it came to matters of the future, he's like, you know, I'd, 
I'm not sure. It's in the Lord's hands, and, I, and I'm going to roll with that. And it didn't mean that he didn't plan and, and organize and orchestrate his life in such a way that he could, he could be successful, but he knew that ultimately, whether he, you know, his business did well or whether he lived a long life, that wasn't where his satisfaction was going to be found. His wife, on the other hand, was af- afraid of death. It just bothered her. She didn't know. And so as a result, it crippled her. And for a long time, she just lived in this, this, this way of just kind of like, oh, I, I just don't want to die. But as a result, she never really lived. Like she enjoyed things and there was, you know, there were, there were flashes in the pan of vitality. But on a whole, there wasn't deep satisfaction in her soul in the way that there was in her husband. And you could see it in the way that, that they lived their lives. And so, he's, so this is kind of what Solomon's getting at. He's saying, hey, so, you know, if, if you're alive, like, be glad that you're alive. There's hope in that. And so live beyond, in a way that you know, reflects this life beyond the sun. And then he goes on to say, go and eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has approved of what you do. Um, let your garments always be white. Let oil not be lacking on your head. So this is just kind of, uh, you know, ancient talk to just say, you know, may the, may the spirit of the Lord be with you. May, may righteousness be the way that you, you live your life. Enjoy your life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun because this is your portion in life and your toil at which you toil under the sun. And so the first part we see, he's, he's saying, hey, wake up. You got you're alive. Be alive. And so some of us, we're going to see this message and we're going to go a couple of different ways. We talked about this last week. Some of us are going to orchestrate different systems to protect us and, uh, and to, you know, to kind of to keep us moving forward. And some of us are going to try to dismantle these systems and we're going to, we're going to enter a little bit more into that mystery. Um, and he's still saying that, hey, either one of those ways, uh, there's, there's good and there's bad in that. Um, but then he's going to get into this. He's going to say, but you know, just the importance isn't necessarily system, question, whatever, but just live life. Get around some people. Walk in righteousness and enjoy your time with one another. And for some of us, we're looking at that and we're going, enjoy life with a wife whom you love. And I know that we have people in here that are in various stages of uh, you know, your, your relational status is is all we have people all over the place. And so if, if I can address that quickly, what he's saying is not just it's not this isn't a shout out to to the married folks to say, hey, just you know, enjoy your spouse. Um, but he's trying to to tell this story and to get us to understand, hey, we're able to enjoy life with your spouse or with those that you care about or the friends that you have. Not just because you're married, congratulations, you've made it, you've arrived at success. No, that's, that's not it. I know that sometimes in uh, evangelical Christianity we have this heightened view of, oh, well, once you're married, then you've arrived. Uh, and, then you, and then just ride it out until you're dead. Uh, and Solomon's saying, no, that's, that's really silly. That's really silly. Because Jesus didn't do that. Um, 
But he's saying that, look, when, once you see that there's this mystery there, that there's, there's, there's unknowns in life, and, and once you accept those and don't try to find your satisfaction in the answer to those questions, and you're able to just enjoy life. So when he's saying enjoy life with the wife whom you love, he's saying because the mystery doesn't diminish your joy. The unknowns of this world and how the relationships are going to play out shouldn't scare us away from entering into those relationships and dealing with the tricky and the hard and the difficult. And so this is important where you know, we, we read throughout, it's kind of a, an undercurrent throughout Ecclesiastes of finding these people and throughout the wisdom literature books of the Old Testament, which Ecclesiastes is a part. But we see this this constant, hey, consider the Lord. Walk in the ways of the Lord. Surround yourself with wise people who will push and will challenge and will help you to walk in the Spirit. And so when it comes to this whole notion of enjoying life with the, you know, say, hey, just don't get around some idiots. Get around some wise folks and do life well. And notice how the, uh, he says, enjoy life. Notice that, that that's a command. Does that strike anyone as odd? Like he's saying, hey, look, enjoy yourself. Is that we like not just a little bit I mean, I think in our in our culture today we have, you know, if you look at media, you look at advertising, you look at it is even just how we're wired, like we're wired and Bob talked about this in his, his last sermon series, you know, we're designed for yes. Right? Uh, some of us remember remember him saying that, but so often, and so then, you know, so I think it's weird that Solomon says, "Hey, enjoy your life," because so often we don't, right? Like so often we're discontent. So often we're looking to find satisfaction in things in the future. Though when we get to blank, then we will be satisfied. And Solomon's saying, "Hey, don't hustle to get this. Like just be here." You've got, you've, you have people around you, enjoy them. You have a job, enjoy it. Work at it with all your might and everything that you do. Give it your all. Just realize it's not going to satisfy you. Our satisfaction is to be built in the Lord. And so he's, he's, he's saying, okay, so like, you know, be alive. Be fully present. Enjoy those who are around you. Consider the Lord. Walk in his ways. It's the, you know, the, the white garment, the oil on the head. You know. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. And, but then he's also going to make an observation. He's going to say, you know, as, we've, as we've said throughout, one plus one doesn't always equal two in Solomon's economy. And so he's saying, hey, look, I know that you're going to look out and you're going to think, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm, the, if I'm the best in my, you know, whatever it is, my, my, my job, my, my profession, my skill, my, uh, my hobby, or even relationships, whatever it is. And he's saying, I, and Solomon say, look, I went out and I saw that the swift, the strong, and the wise, and the intelligent didn't always get what we think the world would say they would receive. He's saying there's another variable in here. There's something in here that, that's a little bit different. And he's saying, you know, 
so often we're tempted to thinking A plus B is going to equal C. If we do this one thing and then this happens, then we're going to get to here. So he's saying, hey, look, when you look out at your life and you see, okay, I want to get beyond the sun, there isn't a formula in this magic hoop to get through. He lays it out. And he says, hey, look, consider the Lord. Walk in his ways. That's the formula. And then he tells this story. And he says, there's this great king. And he's sweeping through the land, and he comes to this city. And he's going to overtake the city. And it's easy. I mean, this is, a, this is just big king, big army, big kingdom, little city. And they set up the siege works, and they're going to just starve them out, right? This is typical ancient Near Eastern warfare. Really easy to fight people who are emaciated and weak. We'll just surround them, wait it out, go from there. Cut off the supply lines, we got it. And it doesn't say how, but in the city, there's this wise old man. And he gathers the people around him, and they devise a plan, they execute the plan, and the city is saved. And we don't know how, and we don't even know his name. And isn't that kind of the way of it? Solomon is saying, hey, look, isn't that sort of how we exist? Right? Like we, there's, there's wisdom available. There are, there's a way of life that's available to us that we experience once in a while, and we do. It's, it's incredible, right? I mean, how many of us have all of a sudden, you know, think of any historic large army that's gone through, and then just think of some small insignificant place like, wouldn't it be incredible? Wouldn't it be a story that we would remember this large kingdom that wasn't able to overtake this small nation? Like, wouldn't that be something that would stir in us? Something that would kind of wake us up and think, yeah, I, I want to be a part of what that old wise man is a part of. Is it anybody else? Does anybody else find that just a little bit intriguing? And Solomon is waking us up to the fact that time and time again, that's the, way of our, that's the way of our life. That's the way of our soul. Throughout Scripture, we see constantly over and over and over again these large nations that come to overtake Israel and the way that God continues to work in and through them throughout time. And as I was reading this, and, and, we, and we hear about the wise man and this large kingdom. And I couldn't help but think about, isn't that the way of Jesus? Coming into earth, the midst of the, you know, the height of the Roman Empire. They own land, you know, for just miles and miles and miles. And yet the Lord chooses not to show up in a way that's going to overthrow that country and replace a broken system with another kind of system, with, you know, with one government with another kind of government. But he's going to come in in the form of a baby. Not in a castle not announced with trumpets and, and the shouting that usually accompanies a ruler. 
but in the quietness of a cave. I thought, man, how much is this our story? How often do we, we forget the wise man? How often do we forget about Jesus? And so we attempt to put systems in our life to, you know, just to make everything fit. And Jesus continually comes in and undermines those systems and says, now there's a greater mystery to which I've been calling you. There's a greater way of living into which I've created you. Come with me. Step into that. It's, it's okay to read books and listen to podcasts and learn. Yeah, do that. It's okay to be involved in government and think politically and to come up with systems and organizations. Saying, yeah, that would mean Solomon say, hey, look, you've got to be involved in that at every single level. We need to have people who, who are following the Lord, who are involved in every aspect of our community, in our country, in our world. But Jesus is saying, look, there's more to it than that. I didn't come here to set up some sort of theocracy, some sort of, you know, some sort of some church state. He said, no, I've, I've come to usher in a new kingdom. And we'll get more into this uh, in weeks to come once we get into Advent. But Solomon was saying, look, the words of the wise, heard and quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. And so in this kingdom that Jesus is trying to set up, there's a certain amount of, of wisdom in, that, in the quiet. And so it got me to thinking, what does that look like in my life? What does the quiet look like in my life? Not just do I get up every morning and, and take a certain amount of time to, to be quiet and to read, but what does it look like in our lives to develop a quietness of soul? where we're able to listen to wisdom, where we're able to hear the Spirit. In a world that's inundated with, with noise, audio, visual, you know, think of all the things that you can go out and you can experience and taste and I mean, just you know, all the food that's available. And I'm not knocking it. It's fantastic. But Solomon would tell us, hey, look, it's not going to satisfy. Enjoy it, but be aware of what else is out there. And so Communitas Church, are we going to be a people who are marked by this quiet wisdom? A people that walk in the mystery of the Lord, that, that acknowledge this upside-down kingdom into which he's calling us in this, this world where A plus B doesn't always equal C, but where the mystery isn't going to diminish our joy. Where the mystery is going to call us, the, the, the mystery into which he's called us is going to continue to, to have us looking beyond the sun and bringing that world here. Are we going to see this life as, as probation and, and as, as preparation for something that's coming later? 
and that our responsibility isn't just to wait for later, but to bring later to now. So as you go out throughout this week in your jobs, your schools, places where we live, where we hang out, things we enjoy doing, are we going to bring that later way of living to now? What does it look like for that kingdom to pervade everything that we're doing and exist in the life that we live every single day? How will we bring this quiet wisdom and the depth of soul to those around us? What will that take in us? What will we begin to have to sacrifice? We're going to have to say yes to things and no to things. What are those things that we're going to be saying yes and no to? Lord, you've called us to be people who listen, to people who consider you, and people who obey you, to live and to walk in your ways. And you've called us into a deep, rich, and full life, a life full of meaning and purpose, but also a life of mystery. And God, there are questions to which we do not have answers. And Lord, I pray that that would not keep us from you, Lord, but that would draw us closer to you. Thank you for these people and the work that you're doing in their lives. God, I pray that we would continue to come closer and closer to one another and closer and closer to you. May we walk in your wisdom live the way that you've called us to live be the people you've called us to be every minute every day throughout the year amen